BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is presenting repair options in service. Joining us today is Jason Laws, BDR head coach and trainer. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. We are very glad to have you and your first appearance here. For our listeners, Jason, could you tell us a little bit about your background in the industry and what you do for BDR? Uh, Sure. Uh, I've been in the heating and air conditioning industry since I was uh, the ripe old age of 14. Started in a sheet metal shop. Uh, for a neighbor, uh, worked, uh, started building just a, you know, trained by an old school chin knocker, uh, picking up, you know, scrap sheet metal, sweeping the floors in the shop and started learning how to build ductwork. Um, that was back in the early nineties. I've worked just about every position in the industry since then. Uh, did leave the industry for a short time in the early two thousands, uh, went into the air force for a, a few years, uh, came back to it, ended up. Uh, buying a business I worked at uh, for most of the way through the 90s and uh, you know, built it up over the years, met BDR uh, in the early 2000s or I guess uh, around 2007, 2008, uh, took class with uh, Barry actually. And uh, so that's when I was first introduced to BDR. And uh, when that happened, I set my sights on not only building a successful business, but I wanted to eventually work at BDR. Um, actually told Barry that story. Uh, the first uh, I think it was within the first two or three days of actually coming to work at BDR, <laughs> and uh, it was it was pretty neat. And uh, so I did that full circle. I, I built my business up, uh, worked hard to do so. Eventually, end up selling it, and uh, end up making my way to BDR. Now I, I'm blessed to be able to uh, be a BDR head coach and help other people, you know, reach their ambitions with their business. And now doing training. As well, I love getting out and and working with technicians and installers. Uh, you know, come up in this industry, I just love it. I love the opportunity to help uh, my brothers in the industry, brothers and sisters in the industry. Um, really enjoy it. Awesome. Well, it is our privilege to have you on the BDR team, and uh, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that have are now BDR team members that at one point in their past had that vision for their future of, of being able to join BDR. And, and so uh, I'm glad that worked out and that you're here with us. Uh, but let's get to it, Jason. Um, so our topic today is going to be talking about presenting repair options in service. And so I think we have to go a little bit before that and just acknowledge the things that have to happen uh, before we can really present our repair options. So I wanted to ask you, what are the things that have to happen on a service visit before you can present appropriate repair options? So it's a great question. Um, you know, before we can really present anything, you know, what I would say, I guess, useful or a value to the, to the client, we need to look at the look at this system as a whole. We need to perform a complete diagnostic of the system. You know, system diagnostics, not symptom. Um, we need to sometimes not uh, not just be get in a hurry. Uh, a lot of technicians, 
on, you know, when they're en route to the home, a lot of times, you know, uh, fairly decent experienced technician, a lot of times kind of knows what's going on. Uh, most of us do. That's okay. We got to, we got to watch not going down a rabbit trail of thinking we know what's going on. We, we still need to look at that system as a whole, or at least that portion of the system. If we're working on the air conditioning or the heating, I'm referencing that, that portion of the system. If we're in the heating, you know, if we're going on a heating call, um, you know, we need to be looking at every aspect of the heating system and not just what may be broken. So we can't really offer decent options without doing so. Um, so the complete diagnostic is extremely important, extremely important. Um, I even have this quirky thing I started years ago with my business. I just, I just call it my rule of three. You know, it's simply that uh, I do believe that if we're running a diagnostic call with a broken heating or air conditioning system, there's really, you know, with a, with a system, a series of components working together, uh, it's kind of really impossible for just one thing to be broken anyway. You know, in order, if some one component has failed, we need to be looking not at just not just assuming that that part itself just broke. We need to kind of look upstream. What what may have caused this failure? What led up to it? Um, and in most, if not all cases, looking upstream at what caused that failure, we're going to find lack of maintenance is one of the causes. Uh, other components that may have failed along the way that contributed to this particular failure we're dealing with today, and then. You know, then we get to the failure we're working on at that moment, right? And then we also have to look downstream. You know, once that component, whatever it is, you know, a combustion blower motor, a capacitor, a control board, you know, once that component failed, what was the domino effect from there? Because once that component failed, it's you know, again virtually impossible for it to have not impacted other portions of the system. Um, you know, and that's all just related to what caused the failure that day. Uh, we also have, you know, what could be called, you know, non-repair options or um, other system options. We need to look at the rest of the system. Is the system, you know, is it, is it installed correctly? Are there other issues that are going on that may have been overlooked? Um, are there issues with, you know, maybe the client in our, when we're having a conversation with client questions we've asked uh, leading up to that in our full process? That they have, may have mentioned that we could be, you know, that we could look for while we're checking the system, see if there's other things that we can do while doing our diagnostic to improve the operation of the system, uh, improve the efficiency, improve the comfort, uh, improve the indoor air quality. Um, that we are the experts. Uh, the technician going to the home to the client is the expert in this industry. They're looking to them uh, not just for a quick fix, but for you know, potential solutions to other issues they have in their home. Uh, breathing issues, allergies, of course, we've got, you know, other things going on in the environment right now that, that we need to be paying attention to. Uh, we have efficiency and energy bills, energy costs. Um, I don't know that they ever stop going up, right? So we need to always be paying attention to that. Okay, man, that was a great answer. I wanna dive into a couple things that you said there. Um, I like the term do a complete diagnostic um, and that not being in a hurry and kind of keeping an open mind about uh, not just targeting in on what we think has to be the, the initial fix there. I want to ask you, Jason, just to, to make sure I understood this. You mentioned the rule of three. Can you, is that looking upstream 
looking at the current failure and then looking downstream. Is that what you mean by the rule of three or was it something else? Yes, sir. You're, you're exactly right. So yes, sir. Looking, if we, if we get to a home, the you know, most common component we deal with in our industry is capacitors, correct? Mm-hmm. And we need to not look at a failed capacitor as though that just, it just broke. We need to look up from what caused it. We need to ask the question every time, what caused this failure? And the upstream would be what what happened that flowed downstream to cause that capacitor to fail. Most common, you know, example would be a dual capacitor on an air conditioner and a dirty condenser. You know, it's the most common reason for that failure. So that's a common upstream uh, contributor to the failure of the capacitor. Obviously, that then obviously relates to maintenance or lack thereof. And then the downstream would be what were the what were the after effects? What's the domino effect? Once it, once the capacitor failed. Um, we overheated the fan motor, we overheated the compressor, we've overloaded the contactor, uh, we created extra stress on the system um, to where there's other things we need to be looking at besides just swap the capacitor out and, and get to the next call. Beautiful. I, th- I think that's a great uh, tool that, that our listeners can use is that rule of three. Um, so we've established there there's a lot to do kind of before we can even present the repair options which we're going to start talking about now um so i appreciate that that overview let's let's kind of now move on to to that part of the discussion and we've identified what the repairs needs to be and we're we're working on communicating that to the customer and let me ask you is it just Verbally explaining that, is that the way to do it? Or are there other kind of tools we can bring into the discussion to help it uh, be more understandable to the homeowner? That's a great question. There's absolutely more tools and we, and we must be using them uh, today for sure. You know, there's some uh, research studies out there that show that, you know, verbal communication, only roughly 7% of verbal communication is really received by another individual. Um, we all have these smartphones in our pockets. Uh, you know, taking pictures uh, is a great way uh, to show homeowners what you're explaining. Um, you know, instead of just the verbal communication or documentation, you know, most, uh, not all, but most companies these days are using, you know, tablet dispatching and resources of that nature. With those tablets or just on our phones, we can have other resources. Um, to this question, one big thing that we, we see a lot um, out there these days that technicians get a little frustrated with is, is clients going online and looking for answers. Mm. Well, I feel a lot of the reason that happens because that, that 7% that they hear, if we're only ver- you know, communicating verbally, we're leaving a lot left to, for the customer to be just wondering about. You know, so they they end up resorting to going online themselves, looking for information, or maybe even asking someone else that they know. Um, and, you know, so a lot of times we, we can kind of close that gap for them. And so a lot, so much of what we do uh, is, is, is fairly repetitive. You know, I've, I've been working more and more with my clients these days with building pre-built uh, descriptions for specific repairs, you know, if not all of them. You know, like the capacitor example we just gave, right? We could have uh, we could have an already pre-written description of what you know what what causes capacitor failure, uh, what results from that that downstream effect. We can even pull we can go and get some third-party information to include in that. 
uh, and we can email that to the client. We can use it right there in front of them. We can give them printed copy of it. You know, so with, with the smartphones and videos that we can shoot and pictures that we can do with their system to show them visually uh, what's going on um, to, with the, you know, third party information that we can get with you know, getting with our own teams, pre-building some information. I'll give you an example of that. Um, actually, uh, being a veteran, I go to the VA and they've really, you know, their, their services have gotten, you know, really, really great. And one of the things they do is they don't leave. Uh, that communication with your doctor, your doctor to just verbal anymore, it, it, because it's you forget a lot of it, right? You may only hear pieces of it. So they actually, every time you go to them, they actually give you a printout of everything that was discussed and any any symptoms or issues you're dealing with. They they have pre-built, you know, written uh, scripts basically or or templates for what that particular condition uh, to explain it, so that you have more information than just what the doctor told you. Yeah, I think you've hit on something. The communication is such an important part of that. And I loved what you said earlier about we're the experts when we go into the home. And I think we have to acknowledge that um, the homeowners, most of them uh, don't know much about their system. And like you said, they, they may have searched some other places just to try and find some information to have some sort of foundation for what's going to happen on this repair. And, and if we can come in as technicians that are the experts and educate them um, on what's going on and what the problem is and what caused it, man, I think that creates a real connection uh, with the homeowner. So I, I love that. Um, kind of leads me to my next question too, Jason, is um, we talk a lot at BDR about having an inform and educate approach with the customer. And I think you've kind of gone into it a little bit, but is there more to talk about on, on why we need to have that kind of approach and, and what are the benefits? Absolutely. You know, I, I even touched on, like you said, it's kind of leads into that, right? If, if we want to be the provider of choice to them, we want to really earn a client relationship, take them from a customer to a client and then build a relationship with them and, you know, uh, get them under our protection, you know, us in this industry, we're, we're big hearted people in this industry. We, we care about our clients. Uh, and if we want to really make that connection, the more information that we can provide for them, the less likely they are going to go looking for that information somewhere else. And, I'm, and we're not trying to prevent them to, I don't necessarily mean it in that way, but we want to fulfill that need. We don't want them to, we don't want to walk away from a call and the customer feel confused and, you know, go online and Google something. And we all know that we don't know what kind of information they're actually going to get when they when they do that. And sometimes it just causes some some conflict of, of communication. And we don't want that. We want to be the provider of choice. We want to be honest, have integrity in everything we do. And if we can provide as much information as we can on the front end and help the customer make an, a truly educated decision on what they're going to do with their system. You know, it just builds on that relationship. You just can't go wrong with that. You, that that's our job. That's what you're. That's literally what they're paying us to do is to provide them with information, provide them with information to make a good decision. I compare it to the medical industry a lot because that's also what we we pay our physicians to do. We go in and, and they do a diagnostic on us and we're, we're paying them to give us information and give us advice on how to proceed and how to make decisions on our health. Same thing with a home. We, you know, they're, we're providing information and an education for them to make good decisions for the health of their home. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. It makes me think I need to schedule my uh, personal diagnostic with my doctor here uh, for this year. Um, 
And it also brings to mind something that happened in, in my life here recently, Jason, where um, we had the, the incoming water main at my house broke. And uh, so we had one morning where my wife looked out the window and there was just water shooting out from our yard into the street. Um, so we had to bring a, a plumber in and the gentleman, his name was Mike. He was such a fantastic educator. He answered all my questions, explained to me all the, the route, just like you said, he went upstream and downstream. He went upstream and said, here, this was the root cause of this. You know, you have old galvanized pipe and, and the uh, the threads in the pipe had worn away. And that's what caused the break here. Uh, and, and here are the things that have happened now. And, and here's the, the downside of that and, and what's going to happen in the future and the fixes we can offer. And so by the time he got to present in the repair options to me, he'd done such a fantastic job of educating me. I was like, yeah, of course. I actually kind of felt good about what we were going to do <laughs> as much as it cost because I was like, I am in awesome hands here. This guy knows what he's doing. This is a, a, a big problem. We were out of our house for two weeks because uh, we had no water because we had to get on their schedule. Um, but I was like, I feel like we've got a solution. We'll, we'll get through this. So I, I just love that inform and educate and being the expert approach that you've you've talked about. Absolutely. All right. So let's let's take a little detour here. You know, we're talking about informing and educating um, and the repair. But what happens when you get into looking at a system and you realize, uh, uh oh, th this system might actually be better off being replaced than just doing a single fix here? Uh, how do you handle those situations? That's a great question as well. You know, first off. I, I will say that we still need to, even if we see the signs that we're we're coming up on replacement, or right, or we're right at the point where we really need to discuss that. First off, let's not stop being the service technician that they've asked us to be. Okay, they've they've called, they've asked for a service technician to come to their home to provide them with information. So first off, I don't want to skip past the repair options. We still need to provide those repair options. It's still the homeowner's decision. Right, so it's their home, it, it's still their decision. So first step, let's not skip being a technician. Let's not stop from doing our diagnostic necessarily. Now, you know, we could discuss, you know, something that's completely broke, but let's let's just, you know, if we discuss one that's kind of right there where we see that it's it's getting up to its where, you know, it's it's life expectancy, but maybe not completely failed yet. Um, so stay with the repair options, complete the diagnostic first, list out the options. Then we get into, we can explain those options, uh, go ahead and present them to the homeowner, and then we can transition into, ma'am or sir, you know, this is what's going on, but let me explain a few more things. You know, your system is reaching its usable life expectancy or has reached it. Um, so like I said, that first thing, let's not skip the repair options. They, they still deserve uh, to hear those and have those as an option. Uh, the other aspect as we transition into that is, again, Third-party collateral, third-party information. Uh, there's, you know, Energy Star. Energy Star, you know, says that, you know, we need to be looking at replacement of a heat pump or air conditioner at roughly 10 years old uh, on gas furnaces and boilers, roughly 15 years old. So, you know, again, present the repair options, what we found. Um, explain that we don't feel those repair options are 
they may or may not be in their best interest because we have a system that's 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, we need to look at our repair history. If these, hopefully, you know, if this, they've been a client of ours. If we have a repair history, we can look at. But you know, we need to we need to again not skip the repair options. Go through those. Explain that we've reached our usable life expectancy. We have our own company policy written out. We can you know we can describe that as well. Use the third party collateral to explain that you know this isn't just me, your technician explaining this. There's Energy Star, you know, it backs this up. Other other organizations back this up that we're looking at the usable life expectancy and explain to them that we can, if they would like to, you know, discuss this, some options with our uh, home solutions advisor, we could actually book them to come out, give them options. And, uh, you know, then they've got more to look at. You know, they've got some repair options to consider. Uh, they'll get the home solutions advisor out. We can get them some replacement options to consider. Uh, if we have, you know, good financing to offer along with that to uh, help the, help make the purchase of a new system affordable um, so that they don't keep pumping money into a system that, you know, at this point is just not going, going to give them what, it's not going to be an investment anymore. It's not going to give them a return on their investment. Yeah. But it's, and still educating the customer. And now you, you mentioned a number of times uh, as you were talking there about repair options, plural. Why is it important to offer the customer choices when we're, when we're given repair options? You know, that one also goes to the relationship. Like I said, all the way back to where we started, right? I do strongly feel that there's basically never just one thing wrong. Uh, but then you can get into just the uh, the market that we live in in general. Clients are used to options. You know, it puts them, when you put the customer in the driver's seat, again, we're in their home. Right? We're on their territory, right? We're on their turf. Um, they need to be in the driver's seat. They can't really feel like they're in the driver's seat with making decisions if we're not giving them options. If we're kind of, pigeonholing them down to one thing, uh, that's not really, you know, it's not really providing much for them. Again, I, I wholeheartedly believe that there's just basically never just one thing wrong. Um, then when you, you know, there's, there's also, you have, even within that, you have the options of universal replacement parts. You have the options of OEM parts. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of options out there to offer, correct? And if you go anywhere else and any other industry, our clients are used to having options. They're used to being put in a position to be able to make choices. And they feel that's a great way to have a relationship with them is let them choose, inform, educate, offer solutions, offer options for them to choose from. The reality is, is when basically if when they choose, when we give them choices, they choose, there's basically no wrong choice, right? We, we shouldn't be in the business of trying to make decisions for them. Uh, it, that's not really our place. Our place is to inform and educate, offer those options, let them choose. Yeah. I, it's, it, it, when you put it that way, it sounds easy. And I love the statement, the customer's in the driver's seat. Let's put them in the driver's seat. We don't have to pressure them into a choice. They they can choose whatever they want. Um, yeah, man, That, that as a consumer, when when I get approached that way by contractors, I, I get relaxed and I let my guard down because I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm not being pressured here. I, I can make a, an informed decision. They've educated me and I can choose whatever we need to do in the options of repairing my water main. <laughs> um, so I, I love that. Um, let, let's now talk a little bit about um, 
when just specifically on presenting the repair options, is there a, a good way to do that, to make that communication uh, after we've done the diagnostic, now we're coming back to the, the homeowner and, and really presenting our findings and then the options that they have. How do, how do we do that? Uh, that's an, again another good question. You know, when we're getting into that, a couple of just just some pointers in it, right? And presenting those. Um, one thing to to keep to make sure that we're communicating well to the client, right? Is let's we need to avoid tech talk. We do have our own language in our industry, just like pretty much any other industry out there. And they don't live in our world. They don't do what we do every day for a living. So one just a, a tip for for technicians and all of us out here in this industry is we, we need to avoid some of the talk that we have amongst ourselves. We need to avoid, you know, uh, certain terminology, right? And uh, not only because clients may not be aware of it or use it, but there's also things that change. Um, you know, refrigerant, instead of using, you know, the, the names of the refrigerant, R22, 410A, so on and so forth. I know there's a change coming up there, uh, referring to it as, as the refrigerant, uh, very general terms. Using uh, putting things in terms that they can understand, relating things. Uh, I tend to relate a lot of things to vehicles, uh, back to that capacitor, right? And maybe explaining, you know, ma'am or sir, this capacitor is kind of like a starter on a car. It gets, gets the start, gets the engine going, uh, and then, you know, it gets running, you know, from that point it's running on its own, you know? So it's, there's ways to use, uh, you know, client friendly terminology, uh, so that we don't, we don't end up, you know, with the client feeling like we're talking over their head or just further confuse them. If we confuse them, it's, you know, clients don't like to make decisions if they feel confused. So if there's just you know, a pointer there uh, for sure that needs to be done. Uh, another aspect is, is being careful not to get drugged too far into, into the client's stress, okay? And, and what I mean by that, we wanna be empathetic. We care about our clients, but we, and, and sometimes that care, we gotta watch that care and concern for them um, we have to be careful that their stress of this repair um, skew and, and, and get us to hold back from offering the options that we I really feel we're morally obligated to offer them. So we need to be, be careful about that. Be empathetic of, of the client situation for sure. We, we want to take care of them, but we need to be careful, you know, getting drawn into that to the point that if they're, they're stressed and maybe the financial impact you know, and things of that nature are going on for the client, we can't let that keep us from offering the options that we see, offering the things that we see. Uh, that's when we're, we're really not fulfilling our obligation uh, to the client if we do that. So it's a couple of pointers that I know in my, myself and my experience as a technician, you know, I, I truly do care about my clients and I can, get, I can get distracted by some of those stresses that they have and maybe hold back a little bit when I really shouldn't do that. That's, that's, that's not good service to them. Yeah, uh, that's very well said. Um, and those are great pointers. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting too deep into tech talk, using language that the client understands and avoiding the client's stress and still presenting the options that, that we know we need to present um, to do our job. So let me ask you one other question, Jason. So now... Let's imagine we've presented the repairs um, and the customer's in the process of making a decision. How do we kind of, uh, how does that process get closed as far as uh, getting the final decision from the customer and then doing the things that we need to do like signed authorization 
um, so we can get started. That's a good one. Uh, for that one, Matt, I, I honestly, for that particular question, I kind of go back all the way back to the beginning because I believe that that to answer that question, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, the booking of the call, um, because all along the way, we really should be informing our, our client of how this whole process is going to take place so that we can build that comfort, that peace of mind with them so that we can um, execute on this, you know, this, this diagnostic well and make sure that the client knows what's going on. So I actually go all the way back to the booking of the call and having uh, good scripting with our, with our dispatchers and CSRs to make sure that we're explaining that. So if, if we're explaining the process at the beginning when we're booking with our client that, you know, ma'am or sir, you know, we're gonna be, our, our technician will perform a complete diagnostic of your system. Um, they will be looking for everything going on in the system. They're gonna, they're gonna come to you and, and offer you uh, a list of options to resolve these issues. And they will not perform work until you've approved uh, the work. And so our dispatchers and CSRs should be explaining that on the front end. So that, again, the, the homeowner knows that they're in the driver's seat, that this is their choice. The, the last thing we want our clients to be surprised by a bill that they're just not prepared for. Uh, again, that goes to the options, correct? With the, no two clients are exactly the same. That, that's, that goes to the choices as well. And that, that builds comfort on the front end, that they're not gonna hire a technician to come out for you know, this diagnostic and then bam, get hit with hundreds if not more dollars and be surprised. So it literally, that portion of things actually starts all the way back at the call. Then when the technician's in the home and they're uh, asking their discovery questions with the client and transitioning into performing the diagnostic, I prefer that the client or that the, the uh, technician reiterate that to the client, ma'am or sir, I'm, I'm going to begin my complete diagnostic. And while I'm doing so, I'm going to be looking at the entire system and uh, not just the failure. I'm going to be looking at anything else that impacts that, but any, any other issues that I may see that may affect the uh, comfort of your home, uh, the safety of the, of the home, the, uh, the efficiency, so on and so forth. And when I return, I'm going to give you options uh, to resolve and, and take care of these issues and maybe even increase your efficiency or comfort. And, but I will not perform any additional repairs uh, until you authorize those. And, uh, and we discuss them and make sure that you understand you know, what, what's gonna go on. And, but at that time, I will ask for a signature so that we can move forward with repairs. So really we're setting that stage all the way back at, again at the call. Um, before we actually begin our diagnostic, we wanna reiterate that. Uh, and then, so at the end, you know, not that we don't need to mention it, we do, but by that point, the customer should be expecting, you know, they're, again, they're in the driver's seat. They should be expecting that they're going to have to authorize uh, whatever's going to go on, the dollar amount, what's going to be repaired before we can continue. So then it becomes a much smoother, you know, conversation at the end. You know, ma'am or sir, you know, here are, here are options. Which one of these options do you feel meets your needs? Okay, I understand that that that's a good choice, uh, ma'am or sir. Uh, would you mind just giving me a signature right here, and I can go ahead and get to work. Yeah, that that is, I love the, it's a thoughtful process from all the way at the beginning when, when we're scheduling the, the call to come out there and it's, it's trust building, you know, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing at all these different steps is the customer's feeling taken care of. They're feeling like they've got the options that they're in the driver's seat. So um, anything you would add on that point about building trust with the customer while we're out there? 
You know, I, I, I'd say that I guess the one thing I would add to that is I, that's, to me, the most crucial aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just is. If we're, if we're really serving our clients, you know, we're talking about service, right? It's to serve the client. Um, you know, if we understand that and we go out with a, uh, with a, a culture in our, in our businesses of earning the client, earning their trust, you know, in, instead of just fixing stuff or in, instead of even maybe, you know, we, we need to sell. That, that's a fact of life. That's, you know, everyone sells. We, we sell ourselves every day. But if we focus more on earning the client instead of trying to sell something, um, the reality is the sale takes care of itself. The customer gets to make an, an informed, educated decision. And, you know, the, the, the trust alone just takes care of everything. It takes so much of the stress out. Uh, takes the stress out of the circumstance with the homeowner, takes the stress out with our technician, uh, with the company, uh, with, you know, miscommunication. Um, we need to over-communicate to our clients. You know, communic- the lack of communication is likely one of the biggest complaints that, you know, uh, the customers have in general uh, with all organizations, uh, with all industries, you know, lack of communication. If we'll over-communicate that and really set our sights on making that, com- that customer feel or client feel you know, uh, comfortable and and that we're trustworthy, we're honest, uh, we have we're of high integrity. You just can't go wrong. Yeah, well, that's a beautiful summary, uh, Jason. Man, I think we covered a lot of ground here on our topic of presenting repair options and service. Uh, any final thoughts that you'd like to to give to our listeners on the topic? Uh, you know, just you know. Just stay tuned. Listen more. You know, we've, we're we're out here doing this every day to try to help uh, help our clients move forward. Uh, you know, the market's not necessarily getting any easier. You know, if we uh, focus on earning those clients, focus on uh, continuing to uh, you know take care of your internal client. On top of that, right? Like I said, it, it, it relieves the stress from the from our client, our external client, relieves the stress from our internal clients. Uh, take care of our technicians when we're doing things like this. It takes care of them. Uh, understand that this is how we all win. It truly is. You know, it truly is. The, the customer wins. Uh, our our team wins. The company wins. You know, just keep stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more of these going on. And you know, uh, I'd love to to join in again uh, for uh, for some more topics in the future. No, oh, that, that was going through my mind as we were doing this, Jason. It's like, man, we got to schedule the next one with this guy. Because uh, you've got a lot to share with our, our listeners. And uh, so thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Matt. Awesome. Well, and uh, for our listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll check in with you next time.